Hello, everyone, and welcome to ZFZ's podcast series on how to deal with an economic crisis for international businesses. We will be discussing different legal topics and insights relevant to businesses and hope to provide you with some novel perspectives and strategies to deal with the crisis. Stay tuned. I am here in Mobile, Alabama right now. Here in the background, the port of Mobile with the Austell shipyard at the back here where they um, built the U.S. Navy littoral combat ships. It is slightly windy. Initially, I had planned to shoot this at the beach on my morning walk, but it was in fact so windy that the audio was impossible to follow. This is part of our series on tools and strategies for international businesses during this crisis uh, brought about by the coronavirus. So today we're going to talk about Rule B attachments. I'm back here at the Port of Mobile. By the way, right behind me is the Gulf Quest Maritime Museum. And we're not sponsored by them. We do not get any money for this, but I can fully endorse it. It's a fun place to take your kids. It is a lot of experiential learning about vessel operation and navigation. So it's definitely worth a visit. But now back to Rule B attachment under the supplemental rules to the federal rules of civil procedure in the US. All right, um, what is it used for? How do we use it? How does it fit into the tools and strategies for an international company in these times. Rule B attachment is based on the idea that if you have a maritime claim, you can attach intangible or tangible property of a vessel owner or your counterparty that you have a maritime claim against. You can use that to attach their property to obtain security for your claims and or obtain jurisdiction over them as defendants. It is in a way a companion to rule C um, that is on vessel arrest because they can work in conjunction with each other. Rule C uh, gives you the right to arrest a vessel if you have a maritime lien on a vessel. It has to be that particular vessel. So let's say you have a maritime claim, a maritime contract or a maritime tort. For our purposes, it is, is, um, it is really the maritime contract that is of, um, of importance. For example, a charter party, a, a claim for a breach of a charter party, or you provided necessaries to a vessel, that contract is breached because it's not paid. Then you have a maritime lien on that vessel. What if that vessel is in a jurisdiction where you do not want to arrest? We handle international arrests, not only in the US, uh, but sometimes it is not a great idea to do it in that jurisdiction. Maybe you are looking to other jurisdictions to obtain security. And when you do, Rule B attachment can be a valuable tool. Under Rule B, you can attach intangible and tangible property of the vessel owner or counterparty. That means you can, you can attach vessels, um, the bank accounts, accounts receivable. You can attach bonds and other tangible physical property. It is really only limited by the creativity of counsel, which means you have a lot of options and options are generally a good thing. 
So what I'm getting at is the flexibility that you have under rule B and the interplay between rule C and rule B, which is very helpful in these times where you are trying to obtain security for your claims and see uh, what assets are available for that purpose. Now, we're gonna talk about the elements of rule B in just a moment. Uh, I just wanna highlight that that interplay is also what allows us to overcome some of the uh, problems with rule C arrests. For example, unlike many other countries, the, the United States do not um, allow in rule C the, um, the action against a sister ship, which means that a maritime claim on that particular vessel that you have a lien on uh, and that you do not want to arrest in a different country, um, really your way of getting security is to attach a different vessel of that vessel owner in the, in the United States. It is almost like an arrest of a sister ship, only that it's not an in-rem proceeding strictly. It is a quasi-in-rem proceeding. Uh, but what it enables you to do is attach that, attach and seize that other vessel. So this can also uh, be combined with alter ego allegations. We're currently working on a case like that in the US. And that works to the effect of when ownership is unclear, often in the maritime industry, special purpose vehicles are used as owners for vessels. It may not be on its face clear that ownership is the same. An alter ego allegation can help you um, across that hurdle and can help you attach that vessel just as if. And in fact, if that allegation is true, then um, on the basis that the vessel ownership is really the same among those two vessels and you can attach a vessel that on its face may not look like it is under the same ownership but it really is operationally and um, in terms of the benefits reaped all right so that is kind of the backdrop let's go into the elements and i'm of course conscious of your time i want to keep this relatively short so there's three main elements element one you need a maritime claim as we have discussed that is alleged by plaintiff with prima facie validity what that means is the maritime claim stemming from a maritime contract or maritime tort i do not want to go into the ins and outs of that test but for example a charter party under u.s law maritime contracts um, span a wide array of commercial relationships not a shipbuilding contract, as we all know, but uh, plenty of others, very important for our clients. And um, you need a maritime claim to um, successfully allege a Rule B attachment. Um, and that has to rise to the uh, level of a valid prima facie claim. What that means is not answered the same by all courts in the US. So there is some divergence there. All right, moving on to the second um, point, and that is that the defendant cannot be found in the, in the district. That is a two-part inquiry, cannot be found in the district for purposes of personal jurisdiction, meaning there is no minimum contacts. There is no systematic and continuous 
um, business activity in the district. And also, it is, um, that defendant is not available for service of process there. And the underlying idea is, if the defendant is there, sue them in court. Don't attach their property. All right. Uh, the third element is um, that the property has to be in the district, like a vessel calling on a port in a district, or historically, at least, EFTs passing through banks in New York. Now that um, mode of attachment was taken from us. Um, on the other hand, there may be other ways to creatively find an equivalent. Uh, we have contemplated that freight can be, under certain circumstances, be held part of a vessel and you can arrest in REM a vessel under Rule C that may be possible for freight payments that pass th through banks. If you want to discuss those options, get in touch with us. We're happy to discuss it. I think it goes a little bit um, into the weeds here for our purposes. But there has to um, be property in the district that you are seeking to attach. All right, um, there are some grounds to vacate the attachment, and that is important for us as commercial lawyers because we do not only represent parties that try to attach or arrest, we also represent vessel owners. So from their perspective, really important, um, but also from the perspective of a commercial party that has their property, their non-vessel property attached. Same idea. So there is the way of alleging that um, so one or more of the elements of Rule B attachment are not, is not or are not met. But there's also equitable grounds for vacatur. And those include that the defendant is present in an adjacent district. The idea behind that is across the river cases um, where it is a minute burden on the plaintiff to sue in that other district. Another ground is um, double security concerns. What if a plaintiff is attaching 10 vessels in 10 different districts for a rather small amount of money uh, that they claim so those concerns, really equitable concerns, the court looks at and says, all right, this goes too far. You have adequate security already uh, and jurisdiction over the defendant and vacates that attachment um, that this motion is um, brought for. And then another ground is uh, that the defendant is actually present in the plaintiff's home district, which is the idea that if you have your enemy at home, fight them at home. Uh, you don't have to go out and um, try to attach their property to pressure them into the lawsuit when you can easily file it at home. All right, so those are some of the grounds to vacate. Generally, the idea is we want to be flexible. We want to be dynamic and global in our response. Attachment offers us a lot of ways to do that. That's what makes it so great. Um, and if you have any questions about any of this, feel free to be in touch, right? Like this on LinkedIn. 
uh, follow us on LinkedIn and or Twitter, whichever you prefer, and be in touch. Take a minute and give us a call. We're happy to talk through some ideas. Um, and yeah, that is it from me. Please stay healthy, stay indoors as much as possible. I know it's not always easy and I am outside right now, but there's no one around, all right? <laughs> um, stay healthy, stay safe. Um, let's, let's work on this remote working solution and make it work for as long as we have to. And I'll catch you soon. Bye.